Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Now, today I'm going to be talking about a couple different things than we're used to lately. Number one, Rutgers basketball. Uh, Rutgers had a really great overseas trip, and the recruiting is hot as ever. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then very briefly, we're going to touch on the New York Rangers, believe it or not. Uh, They signed Alexis Lafreniere to a two-year deal, so we'll discuss that and maybe give a brief brief status on the Rangers. Let's go ahead and start. So Rutgers basketball. I'm very excited for Rutgers basketball this year. Uh, It's had a number of off-season events happen, the team has. Uh, The 2023 and 24 team is going to look significantly different from the 22-23 team. There were significant losses between seasons, such as the loss of Cam Spencer, McConnell's last year, Paul McCahey, Okay, he and Spencer both hit the transfer portal and are no longer a part of Rutgers basketball. Now, the loss of Cam Spencer is going to hurt the team for sure. You know, he was one of the better shooters we've ever had here at Rutgers, particularly from three-point land. He was a good defender, and most definitely, he was one of the better free-throw shooters we've ever had. He shot over 90% from the free-throw line. If you follow Rutgers basketball, you know how dog shit we normally are from the free-throw line. So him shooting 90%, was very valuable to us, as well as his excellent three-point shooting and good defensive play as well, which always gets overlooked. Now, Paul McCahey, on the other hand, while that's a loss, and he certainly was a staple on this team for a long time, he had spurts of greatness too, I would say, over time. Really good play, but I think at the end of last year, certainly the second half, he looked slow. He had a lot of turnovers. He didn't shoot well at all. The wheels really came off of Mulcahy at the end of last year. And as a point guard of a team, you can't have games like that, game after game. And overall, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm glad that I will see someone else bring the ball up and being the point guard of Rutgers this year. Well, Mulcahy, I don't want to talk bad about him. He certainly had his problems the last half of last year. And so looking forward to new point guards this year. Now, McConnell's loss will certainly be felt for Rutgers defensively. He was a constant threat to steal the ball. And honestly, if you think about McConnell, he's the epitome of the Steve Peichel defensive philosophy. Hard-nosed, fighting for everything, three, four, five, six, seven steals a game. He was tremendous defensively, a feared opponent when the other team has the ball, and is someone that will be missed on the defensive end. And every now and then contributed pretty well offensively too. But certainly he was no offensive threat consistently. There's also, you know, of course, before this previous year, there was huge voids that were left, you know, with our prior departures. The year before, we lost Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. So if you got to think, if you think about that, right, over the last two years, we lost Geo Baker, we lost Ron Harper Jr., and then now this previous year, we lost Cam Spencer, McConnell, and Paul Mulcahy. Five of the better players Rutgers has ever had, in my opinion. Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., Cam Spencer, Paul Mulcahy, and McConnell. Five of the better players we've had over the years. Now, we lost them all in the last two years. But I'll tell you, I am not worried one bit about Rutgers basketball. Why, you ask? Why, Don? Why are you not worried? Well, because I have 100% faith in Steve Peichel as a coach and because we've already started in Rutgers basketball to fill the gaps of those folks that we lost. And oh yeah, 2024, 
25 season is looking like an absolute monster recruiting year for Rutgers. I mean, a program-changing recruiting year. I mean, first, let's talk about the current team and the replacements. So, yeah, last year we lost Harper and Baker. This year we now lost, geez, Cam Spencer, McConnell, and Mulcahy. Well, let's take a look at what we actually do have. For starters, Derek Simpson is our sophomore point guard, shooting guard. Looks like a mini Geo Baker in every single way. He certainly needs to improve, I would say, his jump shot a little bit. His three-point shooting has not been great. Uh, according to Peichel, though, he's been working on that, and hopefully that's improved. I'll believe it when I see it. But Derek Simpson, as opposed to Mulcahy, is someone who is explosive. He has lightning twitches. He's very fast. He can drive to the hole with the absolute best of them. He's an explosive guy. So him bringing up the ball is in complete contrast to Paul Mulcahy bringing up the ball. And I expect a significant jump this year for Jerick Simpson with his play from this. He's really what I call a, dyna- a dynamic player, you know, and a sophomore. So Derek Simpson is on the team. Noah Fernandez was brought in from the transfer portal by Steve Peichel. And he is a transfer portal from, from UMass who can also drive to the net and draw defenders. So right there, you have two point guards bring up the ball who are also fast, also can drive to the hole. Okay. He didn't, do that too frequently, especially at the end. Between Simpson and Fernandez, we have a significant upgrade, in my mind, at point guard, especially compared to the end of last year. Uh, you know, you watch Mulcahy at the end. He looked like he was bringing the ball up at what looked like, you know, one mile an hour most of the game, like they were trying to play the four-quarters defense. So other people. We have Anton Wolfolk, who I very much liked last year, very much. He's now a sophomore. Uh, I guess you'd call him a forward, center. He has great touch, though, around the basket. And someone I think can improve quite a bit even more this year over what I thought was a good freshman year. Peichel says he came in this year 20 pounds lighter. He looks great. He's jumping even higher. And he's had a great overseas, you know, couple of games uh, in some of the overseas games that Rutgers has played in Africa and in Portugal. Um, Wolfolk is, is someone I'm looking forward to very much improving and I think can be a staple on this team. Also, Gavin Griffiths is now on the team. He is the highest-rated recruit Rutgers has had to date to ever play for Rutgers, although that will change beginning next year, which I'm excited to talk about. But starting this year in the fall, 2023, winter, Gavin Griffiths is the highest-rated recruit ever to play for Rutgers. He's a 6'8 wingman who's an excellent shooter, can supposedly also get above the brim with the best of them. Michael said he expects him to score 10, 12, 15 points a game. To say that for a freshman is very exciting. He's supposed to be an excellent shooter, which we definitely need him to contribute, especially you know with the loss of Spencer. So someone else who can shoot is someone we need, and I expect Gavin Gerfess to, to do well. Of course, we still have Cliff Amori right, back at center, and he should continue to be one of the very best centers in the Big Ten. I expect more on him, but we know already he's a dynamic center. Um, it would be great if he'd be a little more consistent with his inside touch. I want to see a little more, better touch on the inside. But let's face it, between you and me, most teams would kill to have a center like Cliff Amore in the middle. I do need him to stay out of friggin' foul trouble, though. That would be very nice. But I'm excited to have Amore back. I'm excited that he didn't choose to you know, try to go in the draft or whatever. Bottom line, he's back at Rutgers. He's going to help. Mag. Mag is back, right? 
you remember how good he was before he got hurt and lost his season to a, to an injury last year? Mag was tremendous, tremendous, tremendous as the season went on. He started out okay, did well. He's got a couple years of eligibility left. Um, he was basically playing his best ball <coughs> when he got injured at the end of last year. So Mag is back. Andre Hyatt was hit and miss, literally, <laughs> last year. Hit and miss. Uh, I want to see more consistency out of him, but he certainly can contribute well um, at times anyway. Pico called him out specifically on the Africa trip as one of the outstanding performers in the games that they played this month. And he certainly had the numbers to prove it. But again, the competition over there wasn't great. We're going to have to see, you know, how that develops going forward. But we have Hyatt back. Antoine Troll, C-H-O-L. He's a redshirt freshman who Pykel seems to be very high on uh, when you listen to him. I heard Pykel on a podcast the other day, and he was very high on Troll. He's six foot nine. Apparently, he can shoot well. Um, I guess you'd call him a, a forward. Me, I don't think you call him a center. I'm not sure, but um, very, very high on him. He, he didn't play much at all last year, but looking forward to Antoine Troll. We also got Oscar Palmquist returning, right? He went into the portal after last year, and I think – Palmquist returning to Rutgers might prove to be a much bigger deal than many others expect. He finished the year very consistently on jump shots and on three, something I think few people on Rutgers can do. And obviously, since we lost Cam Spencer, we really need good shooters more than ever this year. And I mentioned Gavin Griffiths in that regard, and I think Oscar Palmquist fits into into that line. I think Griffiths and Palmquist might be two of the best shooters that we have on the team this year. Um, and since we lost Spencer, you know, again, this is this is important for us. I feel like a confident Palmquist, which I feel he was, is a player that can really help Rutgers going into this year. So I'm looking forward very much to Oscar Palmquist. We also have someone called Jermichael Davis. He's an incoming freshman. Uh, he's a freshman guard. He's six foot two, and yet another point guard who can drive, has some ups apparently. So you look at Jermichael Davis, quick. Freshman point guard, add Davis to Noah Fernandez, who came in from UMass, Derek Simpson. I feel like we have a faster team this year that can compete a little more. Certainly, we're better at point guard, I would say, hands down, than we were last year. So, again, while we lost in two years ago, Geo Baker, Ron Harper, last year while we lost Cam Spencer and Paul Mulcahy, you say, Don, how do you think this team can be competitive? Well, again, just recapping for a second, Derek Simpson, expect him to step up. Noah Fernandez, excellent incoming portal edition point guard. Anton Wolfolk was good last year. I expect him to be better. Gavin Griffiths, the highest rated recruit ever to play for Rutgers so far. Excellent shooter, is going to be starting for Rutgers this year. Cliff Amori, one of the best centers in the Big Ten, is back. Mawat Mag, we're going to have a full year out of him this year. And if you don't remember how good he was before he left, boy, if you watch the reruns of those games right before he got hurt, he was very, very good and maybe our best player on the court. Andre Hyatt had a very good Africa trip, was hit and miss last year, but certainly capable of scoring and, and when he's hot, hitting some threes. Antoine Troll is a redshirt freshman coming in who Pika likes. Palmquist returning, I think it's huge. And this Jermichael Davis, an incoming freshman. So how can we do it? That's how can we do it. And I'm not even worried. And I have to say, even if this year, 23-24 season, is average, 
I expect a very exciting team to be watching, and I'm looking for huge things in the following season as well. So I have extreme faith in Paykel, no matter how the season turns out. And what? What do you say about 24-25 the next year, the following season? Why, you ask? I'll tell you why. Because we have an absolute monster, superstar commit in Ace Bailey, who's committed to Rutgers starting in the 24 season. Ace Bailey is a 6'9", insane basketball player with just an incredible amount of skill for a large guy. If you just Google Ace Bailey highlights and just watch him play over the last month, it is unbelievable. He's playing in all these superstar tournaments with the best players in high school, and he's better than all of them, just about every single one of them. He has a good shot. He has incredible moves. He's super athletic. He has spin moves. He plays great defense. And he has just a dominating inside game. He is the number two overall rated prospect out of high school in the world. And he is coming to Rutgers in 2024. And he is the real deal. Guys, if you have not seen Ace Bailey, go Google, look on YouTube for Ace Bailey clips. Look for recent play when they were in the New York um, Rutgers tournament. Um, in New York, where he played with Dylan Harper, who I'm going to talk about in a second. And and he, he scored 40 points. He was tremendous. Ace Bailey is far, far, far and away the absolute best recruit ever, ever to sign for Rutgers. I mentioned Gavin Griffiths, who is actually playing for us this year, is the current best one. He's probably ranked 25th, 30th in the country coming in this year. Next year, Ace Bailey is the number two Overall, in the country, freshman or senior in high school, however you want to call it, freshman in college for the 24 season. Now, in addition to that, if that weren't good enough for the next year, the following 24-25 year, we have a very strong chance to land the number one overall player out of high school, and Dylan Harper, who's Ron Harper Jr.'s younger brother. Harper should give his announcement pretty soon. I would say within a month or go, well, a month or so, I would say. Maybe about a month. Well, who knows? But he's going to announce, you know, by November where he's going to college. And there is at minimum a 50-50 chance that he's going to choose Rutgers. His decision is between Rutgers, Duke, and Kansas, of course, because, you know, he's the best player rated out of high school, even above Ace Bailey somehow, which... I don't know. When I see them both together, I even like Bailey better. But whatever. Uh, the you know overall recruiting rate rankings rate Dylan Harper a little bit better. So there is strong talk that he may choose Rutgers here. And I would say at minimum, he's got a 50-50 chance of actually being a Rutgers. And I want you to think about that. Should we land Dylan Harper? Rutgers will have the number one and the number two overall players in the country coming to play for Rutgers in the fall of 2024. I mean, even without Dylan Harper, Ace Bailey is an absolute incredible superstar who is a one-year-and-done, go-to-the-pros after he plays at Rutgers superstar who's going to dominate in the Big Ten. So even without Harper, I'm telling you, the 24 season is going to be tremendous. Should we actually add Ron, I'm sorry, Dylan Harper to the class, Rutgers is going to have a program-changing moment and the absolute highest of high ceilings that 24-25 year with the number one and number two recruits. I will want to say as a sort of asterisk to these ratings and stuff, there was someone who was scheduled to 
begin the 25 season. That's, you know, not this year, not next year, but the year after who apparently reclassified this past week. And instead of coming in 25, he thinks he may play in 24. And so some, the, the recruiting analysts are rating that person number one, which would throw Dylan Harper and Ace Bailey down to number two and number three instead of number one and number two. So I'm saying number one and number two, because that's what it is at the moment. And Rutgers, has an absolute dominant superstar in Ace Bailey and has a good chance for a spectacular Dylan Harper to join the team as well. And let me tell you, if we get both of those, look out. We're also, by the way, for for the 24-25 season, have a top 100 center coming in in Lathan Somerville, um, as well as a really good uh, Bryce Dorch, who's a skilled six foot eight winger. A lot of people talking high about too. So that 24 class is incredible at the moment and, and is, you know, in the top five in the country right now. Rutgers 2024 class is top five in the country without Dylan Harper committing, right? So should he not commit, we have a top five recruiting class. If he does commit, we'll obviously have the number one recruiting class in the country. So, of course, you know, in addition to all those excellent, excellent people coming in that year, we'd still have Gavin Griffiths, who's currently the highest rated recruit playing right now this, this fall. Derek Simpson will still be on the team. Want Mag, Palmquist, Chol, and others. And you can quickly see how exciting that 2024 team has the potential to be. And there's even a chance Amori can return because they'll have an extra year of availability. So in Pykel, we trust, you know, and you really should trust me. And I don't, again, I don't know how this current season is going to go, but I am supremely confident in Pykele, and I'm supremely confident in the long-term growth of Rutgers basketball. Now, when the Big Ten kept expanding and expanding, and they had a UCLA and USC, and recently they've added Oregon and Washington, football, it obviously makes it scary. We have such a big hill to climb in football that adding four more really good football teams makes it even harder for Rutgers to climb that mountain and try to be some kind of powerhouse. So it is daunting, and it makes it even more daunting. But when it comes to basketball, none of that even scratches the surface. To me, I am as confident in Rutgers basketball as you can be. I'm not saying they're the best team in the Big Ten. I'm not saying they're going to be this season. But I'm saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying Rutgers is on their way to becoming a basketball powerhouse. And friggin' USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, along with the current powers, Purdue, Indiana, whatever, that doesn't bother me one friggin' bit. We have like, we've won like six of the last eight games out of Indiana. We've beaten Purdue, what, three, four, five times in a row, twice when they were number one in the country, you know, uh, in the past couple of years. We are a good basketball team. We are a good basketball program. Steve Peichel has risen us from the depths of hell before he got it. We were a disaster, a dumpster fire basketball team when he got here. And I am not afraid of anyone when it comes to Rutgers basketball. And this is not to conflate that with us being some great dominant team. I'm saying there is no too, no hill too high for Rutgers basketball. Football is another story. But for basketball, we are on an upward trajectory. And I continue to find Pykele simply the best possible match for Rutgers basketball going forward. And you know what? For RU basketball, the future is bright. That's all I got to say at this point. And I want to move on and talk a little bit about the Rangers. 
So, I haven't talked about the Rangers in a while. I just want to give a little blurb out there because the Rangers agreed to a two-year, $4.65 million contract with uh, restricted free agent Alexis Lafreniere on uh, Wednesday. And Alexi, I don't know. I'm happy he's with the Rangers, I suppose. But, boy, he's not really living up to his number one overall pick status so far. Um, This signing certainly completes the roster it would seem as the Rangers have absolutely zero salary cap space. Um, Drury has done the best he could as the GM um, over the last couple of years to try to manage it, but we are in a very, very tough salary cap space. So, you know, the people on the team now outside of some trade, and a lot of people have no trade clauses. This is the team. It seems like we're only going to have a 22 man roster because we can't even fit the normal 23 because we have, you know, such limited roster space. Um, as you may remember, as a couple other quick tidbits, Gerard Gallant was replaced by new head coach Peter Laviolette. Remains to be seen how much ice time that Lafie is going to get, you know, with the new head coach. Uh, certainly, you'd think a number one overall draft pick would get a little chance in the top six, get some more ice time, but his play hasn't necessarily warranted that much additional playing time, and that's really concerning. Of overall concern to me is, I guess, the team speed of some of the recent draft picks. And La- and Lafay is not really that fast a skater. And I'd like to see him, you know, work on that and try to get faster if, if at all possible. He certainly has a good compete level on him. You know, he can grind and do stuff in the corner. But the number one overall pick should not be a grinder, should not be a corner person in general. You know, he should be a skilled, elite player that makes everyone around him better. And so far, that has not been Lafreniere. So we're going to have to see you know, what happens? Will he get a top six slot when it comes to, you know, we have a new coach near now, right? Peter Laviolette. Will Laviolette put him in the top six? We have a pretty loaded top six. So it's hard to, to, to be sure. It's hard to know. We have, let's face it, Mika Zibanejad. We have Chris Kreider, Capo Caco. We have Artemi Panarin, Philip Hedl, Trocek, Lafi, and, and we have a new addition, Blake Wheeler. Um, that's eight forwards for the top six slots. So, you know, two of them are not going to be in the top six. There'll probably be some mixing and matching in the beginning, and we're going to see how it all works out. Uh, but it's eight possible forwards for six top slots. Blake Wheeler, by the way, is quite likely to get a top six slot. And, of course, Panarin and Mika will. And we'll have to see how the rest work out. I would definitely, definitely, by the way, like to see Philip Hedl as a number two center over Trocek. I have not been quiet about my disappointment in Trocek. Um and and I'm not happy that, that we paid such a big salary for so many years to have Trocek as, as our number two center. He seems to me to slot more as a number three center if we if and when we ever get a checking line. I'm not particularly thrilled with, with him at center, and we're going to have to see. He seems like a letdown. Now, Hedl has a lot more upside, but has been inconsistent. He certainly deserves a real chance to be number two. He has, you know, very, very good speed. And sometimes he seems electric on the ice, but we have to see with extended time playing with skilled people how he does. Trocek would be more suited, as I mentioned, to be, say, in my mind, a third line checking center. Since he's very good defensively, I'll give him that. And he seems to be pretty good on faceoffs. Though, again, what I see is in the important ones, offensive zone, defensive zone, which are the only ones I really care about, he doesn't seem as good as... I think he's rated, but he's certainly one of our better face-off people. So having a third-line checking center who wins face-offs, who's good, 
you know, maybe that's a spot for him. We'll see. But I want Heedle to get a real chance of being the second line center with some skilled people, and let's see how that works, right? You know, see, see how Heedle works out with Panarin and, I don't know, Kreider or or Kako. Or, let's see. Um, let's see. There, there's many, many other no-name additions that got added to the squad this year. Again, Drury had absolutely no money to work with, so he signed a whole bunch of these $1 million a year, 800000 a year, <clears throat> signings. A lot of them were not people you generally recognize. There's also some rookies that might be hopeful, you know, some some minor leaguers. We're going to see if Zach Jones on defense gets a chance to play, <clears throat> you know, potentially. Uh, we're going to see if Brendan Ottman, Ottman will start the year on the squad, but I really, really doubt he will be. <clears throat> I think they're going, to, they're going to let him bake more in the minor leagues, but I really want to see what Ottman can do as we go forward. You might remember the Rangers – uh, signed Keandre Miller to a longer-term deal in the offseason. So they're really locked into the people that they have right now for quite a long time. So for good or for bad, I guess we're going to have to see if this team can can pick it up a little bit. Um, <clears throat> we'll have to see who slots where. We'll have to see what the 23-24 season holds. And I'm going to delve into that a little more, I think, as we get closer to the NHL starting, which is not until October. So I just want to touch briefly on the Lafreniere signing. Note that there's really no more room for any other additions at this point, unless there's some weird trade that happens. That seems extremely unlikely. Um, but again, I'll talk more about the Rangers as we get closer to October and closer to the NHL season starting. Uh, again, we have a new head coach, Peter Lavillette, a new voice maybe to motivate them in the locker room. You know, um, hopefully he's not going to be buddy buddy. You know, um, and maybe you know, kick their ass a little bit. Hopefully we've got a little better, you know, defensive style, I think, you know, and breakouts maybe from the defensive zone. And hopefully Laviolette has a dedicated checking line. So that's what I hope happens. And that's what a coach can do. And, you know, maybe we'll see how that works out. Uh, but I am looking forward to the Rangers season this year. We'll see how, how it goes. And again, we'll talk more as the season approaches. That's all I got for you today, guys. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. Say, hey, that Jersey guy sports. <laughs> Pretty good. Now, please tell your friends about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks. Have a good day. Guys.